Hello, my friends. You're listening to Ethereal Odyssey, the podcast that interviews viewers like you about their psychedelic experiences, proving once and for all how different yet similar we all can be. Season two is starting off with a bang. I've had so many people tell me their psychedelic experiences just on the street. And I feel as though the universe, especially lately, has been screaming at me to get back to these psychedelic experience stories. And so have you guessed. And I'm shocked to find out that so many people love these. And I love doing them. So... Here we are, coming back, season two, 2022, you know, you get the vibe. This next guest I have is my dear friend Mo. I have known her almost the entire time I've lived in Colorado. She is one of my closest, most reliable friends, and I'm just so blessed to have her in my life. I really enjoyed her story. She has so much intellectual juice to add to the table and I think you guys will really enjoy her story um and where we go with this whole windy journey if you hear some animals in the background I swear they're okay it's just my roommate's animals (laughs) thanks again hello hello hey okay cool uh how are you doing today doing fantastic. I'm super excited to be here. How are you? (laughs) Doing great. Thanks for coming. (laughs) I'm so glad to have you as my first guest for season two. It's, (laughs) oh my god, I can't believe it's had to be like two years since making another season of Psychedelic Experiences. Oh man, coming back with a bang. (laughs) Back hot. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so let's just dive right in. Um, sure. What did you know about psychedelics before you got started? Um, this was kind of a humorous answer because I am a really science-minded person. Um, I went to school for biology, so I love doing my research before I dive into something. And I may have like gone to the extremes so much so that it almost freaked me out. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I kind of knew that some people have, you know, sensory responses, some people see things or hallucinate, you know, kind of the standard thing that you hear other people think whenever you hear psychedelics. So um, yeah, I mean, I kind of expected things to just be completely wild and crazy and like the room to spin or something. (laughs) But that's just from things you read on the internet. So how credible is that? (laughs) Right. That was gonna be my other question was like, was that just all um what you read about or like how did you get this impression you know it's interesting because I not only knew a couple people who've done psychedelics um but I also as weird as it sounds reddit is a wonderful place (laughs) I mean it's just such a wealth of knowledge to go on reddit and just kind of read about things that you can't typically find 
um, that are just honest answers because people are anonymous. So they're just like, okay, here's what I know, you know? So um, I knew that some people experienced more spiritual trips. Some people got really emotional, you know, some people were, you know, having these life-changing experiences and all of these things. So I kind of had an idea of what to expect just from, you know, my fiance actually has done psychedelics before. So he talked to me extensively about it. And um, yeah, so my resources kind of came from people and I guess, you know, the internet. So mm-hmm. was um, there any like wish you knew going in? Um, I would say that I wish I knew that <laughs> I wish I knew it made you nauseous. Um, mm-hmm. I have a kind of a sensitive stomach sometimes and you know, people talk about like the effect of it, but they don't really say how it gets there, you know? And for the first 20 minutes or so, I was just so nauseous. And I didn't realize that how you take them also affects that. Like uh, what we did was we put it into a chocolate, like kind of crushed them up in a powder and like mixed it into a chocolate. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I had done it. And it was so much on your tummy. (laughs) Um, so the first part of it was kind of not the most fun. Like I wasn't upset, but I was just like, man, I wish I wasn't nauseous. (laughs) So that was something I wish I knew that going into it, um, because another trip that I did, I actually put it in a tea, um, from some recommendations I read and that worked so much better. So I wish the first time that I did it, I knew that (laughs) Mm would have saved me a lot of discomfort, but are you really? Tripping unless you're throwing up your soul. Right, right. <laughs> like, that's not fun. <laughs> I mean, there is some sort of, like, utility to that. Like, I was sure. talking to somebody the other day about how it almost is, like, a relief. Even though I know that, like, you know, there's nothing in my stomach. Or, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to be throwing up this acid or whatever. Like... This, the comfort of, like, feeling like a purge while you're tripping almost feels like. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of those moments that it's, like, it's almost over mm-hmm. and it'll get better from here. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, a, a small, like, controlling aspect. And then I think mm-hmm. it's more just, like, an energetic purge, purging. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, it was, it's, it, it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, tell me about your very first trip. Like, uh, what was it? What was, yeah. if you even remember, like, the set and setting? Yeah, so the first time that I tripped, I was with my fiancé. Um, it was just the two of us, and we decided to do it during the day because I, um, full disclosure, sometimes deal with some anxiety and depression. So I was a little nervous to do a trip at night um I didn't want to like get paranoid so we did it during the day um and we had set intent of like just kind of enjoying each other's company and we ended up painting and watching a movie just a really relaxing time together Mm -hmm. um we did mushrooms uh we did the b plus strain which I find fascinating that the strains actually make a difference in your experience um, regarding mushrooms. So that was really interesting to me, but we did the B plus and it was really gentle. Um, 
I think we did, I know I did like three and a half grams, I want to say. So I think that's a fairly middle ground range dosage, uh, which of course we gathered from the famous Reddit. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, yeah, just midday kind of um, a really relaxing time together, actually. It was fun mm -hmm. after you get past the nausea. <laughs> <laughs> So. um so like what did you like how did you feel yeah that it was you know it's hard to put it into words I think that everybody has their own experience with it but um for me I just I don't know if it was because the setting just was kind of my ideal happy place on top of everything but there's just such a peace that kind of comes with it and such a warm, gentle, like, it's like, it's like a gentle hug almost. Like you just feel happy. Like, um, <laughs> it's such a strange thing to, to put into words, but um, I noticed I had a lot of uh, sensory effect, which I thought was interesting because I had heard a lot of people say they had more visuals um, with mushrooms, but I felt more sensory. Uh, my like, <laughs> everything I touched was heightened which was very interesting and it made painting fun um yeah it was it was really unique um we also had one of those lights that went to the ceiling that was like the northern lights that kind of gently flow um while we were painting which was super cool because you know you kind of felt like you're in a different world for a moment um but I turned those off because <laughs> beware that can make you nauseous <laughs> oh my god right <laughs> <laughs> I kind of was like laying there and I'm like oh it's so pretty and I was like oh it's too pretty <laughs> yeah yeah too classic <laughs> yeah so so like what um how did you feel like after the trip was over and you became sober um you know it, it kind of aligned with my intent so I initially wanted to do the trip to begin with because I knew of a lot of people that had kind of spiritual experiences and maybe more of a mind body connection during and afterwards. And, mm -hmm. you know, people just the, the things that I've heard online and through other people was just um, a really change in perspective, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and really that actually is what happened I mean like I said before it's it's hard to put in words but it was it's just you kind of see the world is a little brighter um for a while and it of course is one of those feelings that eventually fades and um <laughs> which is why I'm not opposed to doing it again but um I think it just makes you kind of overall a little happier and then the world feels brighter you know mm -hmm. which is a really interesting thing to feel, um, and I kind of love that because, oh, sorry, my dog's barking in the background. <laughs> um, I lost my turn of thought there. I, you know, I find that really wonderful thing to have experience because I, like I said before, I really have an appreciation for the sciences. And I think that if there's something that is grown naturally here on earth that you can just kind of use to, open your mind a little more and feel like the world is a little brighter. I think that's kind of a really powerful tool. Mm -hmm. um, and it's disappointing to me that 
it's not seen that way across the board. There's such a stigma around psychedelics and drugs in general. Um, so it's interesting to kind of have a different perspective. I came from a place where, you know, no experimenting was ever tolerated and it's really frowned upon, right? There's like this, such a huge negative connotation that goes with it. So for me to actually go through and, and do psychedelics of any sort was <laughs> really against how my character has been for a long time, mm-hmm. but it really helps you kind of see the world um, through different eyes almost in a different way, which is hard to put into words and honestly, really, really magical. That's why they call them magic mushrooms, right? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Like how does that feel coming from such an, like a analytical type of perspective? Because like, correct me if I'm wrong and I'll be as vague as I can to, sure, sure. Your, you know, anonymity, but, um, I know that you like have a lot of experience and even like went to school for like working in a lab um, Mm -hmm. and like researching materials similar. Um, Like does your background give you any sort of like, I don't know. What am I asking? I kind of see where you're going. I mean, it's interesting because I'm not, you know, some people wouldn't ever see me as the type to do things like that and experiment. Um, I, you know, wasn't raised in a household with like a free spirit. I'm very logical and analytical and I love the sciences. So it's hard to describe, (laughs) you know, that, that it's kind of a conflict almost, but it kind of helped me gain some insight on, you know, modern medicine, which is an interesting topic in itself where, you know, we kind of are broken away from what mother earth has to offer to heal ourselves, which I find kind of disappointing. Um, But I think we're starting to get back to that because people are becoming more aware of, you know, some things that you can do besides, you know, taking an ibuprofen, right. You know, move your body more, do yoga, things like that. Like I think modern medicine is starting to drift back towards um, more natural (laughs) resources. Mm -hmm. Um, But what's sad to me is there's such a stigma around some of these things that they're not able to be researched, right? Like just for some background, um, which I'm sure some people already know, marijuana's, you know, rated as the same class of drug as methamphetamine on a federal level. Like, but the reason being is because there's not research to support that it's therapeutic. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to hear things like that because then if you get down into the research side of it, now I may be boring you a bit, but- Research is funded by um, various entities, and a lot of times research can be funded by the government. So when the government has something illegal, they don't typically like to fund a whole lot of research for the positive, which I will tread lightly saying that. But, you know, you see a lot of reports about what marijuana does to the fetus and what things do to, um, you know, kids and stuff like that. So it's kind of the extremes. Um like it doesn't show you narrative right it doesn't show you what uh, the benefits are like okay you know by taking psilocybin which is in magic mushrooms your dopamine and serotonin are actually increased and that serotonin increase lasts for a longer period of time right so it's things like that that we don't have very much data on Mm -hmm. um 
So for me, from a science background, it makes me want to do something about that. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, it's something, I think, um, something popular that came up in 2020 and 2021, um, research with MDMA in this area actually became prominent. You know, you can enter into studies if you have PTSD and things like that. So it's definitely becoming more popular and people are realizing that the war on drugs regarding certain psychedelics and things, you know, is just kind of silly and outdated, um, which is refreshing. It's good to finally see things moving in that direction, I think. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you feel like, um, I guess I would say just tripping as a whole has made you feel towards like your like mental health? Um, in all honesty, I think that it helps a lot. Um, I do think that the effects eventually wear off if, you know, it's been like a year or two years since you've done it. I don't think that it's something that stays forever, but it definitely helped my mental well-being for a sustained amount of time, like quite a while, I would say. Um, And I think that there is reason enough in that to maybe do it again, you know? (laughs) And no way I mean, like, it's definitely a way of self-medicating <laughs> but in a way it's a in my opinion a good thing right you know using something that's more natural um to kind of help help you a little just give you a little boost <laughs> you could argue that anything could be used for sure medicating you know like sure I'm <laughs> on this kick trying to stay away from gum because i have so many like there's <laughs> going on so switch to Tic Tacs, which I've forgotten how addictive they are. Oh my god, they're so good! <gasps> like why? They're so tiny, but they're so yummy. <laughs> oh, they're so good. Um, <laughs> where was I making this point? Oh yes, anything can be addictive or self-medicating. You know what I mean? Right. Sure. Um, I would be interested if you had any opinions on like microdosing or anything like that. Yeah, I think that there's definitely potential there. I think, um, you know, I've actually read a study. A lot of other countries um, do studies on these things in a more controlled scientific setting. And so you can get good data if you (laughs) look outside of U.S. resources. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's interesting because there's, I believe it's in the U.K., a study of a man who's in his, like, mid-40s who microdoses. and, And it has proven he's I think he's done it for a few years or something and he reports that his overall mental well-being is a lot better because of it Um, and I think that that even though it's just one instance of it there is some intriguing things to look into behind that I think it's worth you know checking out yeah um yeah that's interesting (laughs) yeah very much so. I love this. I, I think um, I think we have a long way to go, and I'm excited to see, you know, if this quote unquote war on drugs ends, um, where the next steps are as far as treating the whole person. Yeah. Well, the problem is like humans ourselves are drugs. Like we're made <laughs> drugs. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's a little too <laughs> broad of a statement to make. Yeah, I mean, I just, it's its interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I would be interested to see exactly how that would 
come down to um like on a mass level like mm-hmm. i guess i'm i would be excited if there was some sort of legality and some sort of being able to use hallucinogens in some sort of like therapeutic level right um, clinician or some sort of support group but at the same time it's like <laughs> there could be a lot of like agenda pushing problematic things that come with True. that you know what yeah. I mean um yeah absolutely I'm, as with anything I mean yeah I'm worried about I don't know certain crowds being susceptible into like I don't know maybe I'm just being paranoid when I say like occult mind I don't think there's anything I mean I definitely can see where you're coming from uh, there's always concern when um this topic's opened up because it's like where's the line yeah uh, when it comes to making things like this legal and what's okay and what's not um, which is obviously something that has not been established, <laughs> um, which is why it's like, you never know, you don't know, you know, I think that's part of the reason it's not legal, because how do you have a line and, and also make sure that like, it's not, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's not like, like big pharma, you know, they, they win from that you know I, I i there's always the potential for things when they become legal turning into that you know so i yeah. think it's a valid concern yeah i guess my other thing is um like seeing what happens on like the clinician side because mm-hmm. it'd be difficult like hosting some sort of like like either one-on-one talk therapy or circle with these um, for lack of better words, like holistic drugs, mm-hmm. <laughs> and your job is to facilitate this healing. But like, what if this person really does need, you know, space to cry or a hug or whatever? Sure. What sort of what sort of boundaries are you willing to do to protect yourself as a clinician, but also mm-hmm. self as the client? Um, yeah, just like. I feel like with anything, you know, there's always going to be people taking advantage. And like, what are the safety nets in place to be able to protect people on both sides? Sure. That situation. Um, and something I've been thinking about a lot lately is this, um, this idea that when multiple people in the same room are under the influence of some sort of hallucinogen, it gives them almost like a a psychic connection in a way. Mm. Yeah, like there was this. It's story- an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah, there was this story I heard. Um, not long ago um and it was based on a book i'm totally spacing on the book um but this woman she in the 70s was a school teacher she Mm -hmm. um applied to become some sort of like school teacher on a navajo reservation um Mm -hmm. for these like third or fourth graders so um it was like this very long tale about how you know, learning about their culture. And it was like this really coming together, like the kids would teach her, she would teach them type of thing. It was not this, you know, 
oh, I'm this white woman. I'm going to, you know, see. Yeah, yeah. It's like this really learning what it is to be a stranger in somebody else's culture when they don't sure. don't know the customs, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the significant stories that come up during this um, book was the fact that she eventually did become part of the community and was trusted mm-hmm. and was invited into these very sacred and special uh, peyote ceremonies for mm-hmm. yeah helping to pray for ailments or rain or you know you name it they were having a ceremony for it um and she spoke very limited navajo but Mm -hmm. very broken you know um a lot of times she still had to try to communicate in english to fill in the gaps well during one of these ceremonies um she realized at some point she could understand all the elders perfectly Hmm. when it was her turn to receive this tobacco pipe she was supposed to say an Navajo prayer over it um in her own words and you know and then pass it on um and the person next to her said oh you don't have to do that it's okay you know knowing that she had very limited Navajo length Mm -hmm. bar um without a beat she just started praying in perfect very fluent navajo um, under the influence of peyote and like everybody just slowly like turned to her (laughs) we wonder if she was able to tap into this language because she was mm, open you know with Mm -hmm. or if she was actually tapping into the psyche of um everybody else in the room and that's how she was able to understand the language because she had mentioned as the you know as the plant was fading away and she was coming back to reality the less and less she would remember how to speak navajo and so mm-hmm. she'd be like no i actually don't know how to speak this language <laughs> You know, I I find that story interesting for a couple a couple of reasons. Um, the first thing, I I can kind of resonate with um, some aspects of that because I feel like um, it was during more so my second trip, uh, which is <laughs> we watched Trolls towards the end of it. So <laughs> judge me, it's fine. Um, I will adorable movie right like it's a super cute movie it's basically about like loving yourself for who you are and accepting those around you for who they are as well um so there's a lot of sense of community in that movie but while I was coming down from the trip I did notice that I had this um almost like this unconditional love for just our society in general I felt like it almost makes you rethink of your surroundings and the people around you um like you're all a web you're all connected somehow you know in one way or another which is really interesting concept um and i find it it funny that that book discussed something similar um another reason i mean oh go ahead (laughs) you're the guest go ahead oh no you're fine (laughs) oh my god i could blabber forever Um, I was just going to mention that um, one of the last times I was around people like tripping and I was not um, 
Oh. It was so weird. I felt so disconnected at that point. Really? Everybody else. Like, I felt like such a nerd. <laughs> it's like, you know, the example was like, you know, everybody else was doing acid except for mm-hmm. me. Just because I didn't feel comfortable because I knew that sure. I was going to be like staying the night or anything. So I just opted out. Um, sure. And you know, we're just hanging out, having a good time, whatever. And they pass around like a plate of cookies. And <laughs> I said, oh, are these regular cookies? And everybody in the party bursted out into laughter. Oh, boy. For me. And I was just like, wait a minute. <laughs> wow, I'm a nerd. Like, like, I'm like a fucking narc at a party. Oh, like, man. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not trying to be. I was just, sure. I I felt so disconnected, and I really think it was because I wasn't on that acid level with everybody else. You know, mm. I, you I, didn't fall into that peer pressure though, so that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know. Sometimes you just sense when it's not the right time, and yeah, you know, again, a conversation I had recently was that sometimes it's better just to wait for like the opportunities of trips to come to you instead of mm-hmm. force them to happen um, that's a really interesting concept and I I really like that actually mm-hmm. yeah yeah but then again like I also it's been a while for me too sure sure there. <laughs> I just have to really I don't know, tune in and make sure that it is the right time. I think that speaks a lot to character, too, because some people are a little bit more uh, free with their inhibitions than others are, you know? Um, and I, just from knowing you, it's it's interesting because you seem very in touch with yourself. And I think it, it I, I do, I think it takes a lot for a person to recognize when they feel um safe enough or in a good space or you know feel like it's the right moment for something like that because it is a special um a special moment to do that and yeah setting matters it does it does what are um what are some of your more like significant like experiences um you know one of the first ones i can think of is a moment that i had um where I was really just out of nowhere, just so sad. And I just felt so much heartache for um, my parents, actually, because a little bit of background, full disclosure, I have a brother that's unfortunately addicted to meth. Um, And so it's changed a lot of our family dynamic in the past few years. And it's also why I'm very weary about things that... (laughs) don't grow from the ground, right? (laughs) Not a psychedelic, so we're safe there. But um, it's interesting because I, at that moment, was just so heartbroken for my family and the trauma that they experienced. And all I wanted to do was just to to hug them and squeeze them and make it better, Um, which is interesting too, because they're over a thousand miles away. So, you know, I had this yearning to be with them and to, to make their pain go away because I felt happy at that moment. I almost felt guilty for some reason um, that I was happy and they were going through so much trauma back home, which was really, really impactful because it kind of made me realize that I can't 
stop and control everything. And you kind of just have to let other people make their decisions and react the way they want to. Um, and the only person you can control is yourself. And it was just kind of that eye-opening moment. It's so obvious, right? Like you can only control yourself, but just really letting it hit you and, and realize that it's okay that I'm happy. And sometimes they're not, um, that was just such an impactful moment. And I, I kind of talked myself through the whole thing while I was crying and sobbing and like my fiance just sat next to me, kind of just listening. Um, he's really good at that. So it was really therapeutic. Um, to be able to just kind of go through that and walk myself through those emotions. Um, but I've also had funny moments. <laughs> and what are those funny moments? Um, I just, for some reason, so we were sitting and playing chess and it was like four o'clock. So, you know, it was a perfect time. It was like January. So the sun started going down, you know, like this whole ambiance, right? We're sitting there playing chess and drinking our tea. And <laughs> it was really funny, but um, I like, stopped everything I was doing just to sit there and like touch my lips for some reason I don't know what the hell like I was thinking or doing I just really wanted to sit and just like touch my lips like put my fingers and just like touch them no explanation and I just couldn't stop laughing afterwards and I like looked over at our dog and I couldn't even look at her because I kept saying oh my god she's too cute I can't even see her right now like it was just blowing my mind for some reason that how cute our dog was. <laughs> oh, it was so bizarre. But I was like, "Oh my god, I can't handle it." <laughs> Do you feel like she knew? <laughs> yeah, she definitely knew. She's giving me puppy dog eyes. Like, um, hello, why aren't you petting me? I was like, I couldn't handle how soft she was because <laughs> I had that sensory reaction. You know, yeah. I felt really heightened senses, um, especially touch. So I was like, "Oh my god," <laughs> it was really funny. Do you have any sort of like common themes that come up um, during your trips? Mm, okay, I might need an example of that. Um, okay, so personal example. Um, I become obsessed with eyes. Not oh. really like looking into people's eyes. Like I do, I guess, in a sense like to look into people's eyes but like mm-hmm. I'm more I don't know the interested that like when I see everything it almost is like everything is made up of like millions of like instead of molecules it's just eyes like interesting you know what I mean and mm-hmm. I think that me mostly just like speaks to my nature when I think about you know the eye is the individual, but when you have multiple, it is the community in a sense. Oh, okay. Thinking about what it is to be a part of something bigger, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, actually, now that you mention um, that for yourself, I kind of going back to that sensory of touch, um, I noticed that everything that I enjoy doing is because of how it felt. Um, I really enjoyed painting. Um, I painted the weirdest stuff, but it was just like so fun to feel the paintbrush on the canvas or, um, you know, just like I had this need for intimacy almost where I just wanted to be like cuddled up and and held by my fiance. And he was totally content with that. He just laid there and, you know, snuggled me. So it's, 
it's, I just really wanted to be held and touched. Um, and sometimes I think, you know, breaking that down into the psychology aspect of it, it might be because I come from a family that doesn't hug or touch a whole lot. Um, so it's really interesting that that, now that you say that yours, um, that touch is something that I frequently am noticing. Mm, I like that. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, looking back in some of my trips, I feel like I get very disconnected with my, like, with my sense of touch. Like, Oh, interesting. Sense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't feel like it, it matters as much as I, I think it does. Mm-hmm. I don't know. One of the times of, you know, tripping on acid, I was, like, so... I was like laying in a hammock and I was really enjoying it, but I was also really afraid of like slipping out into, you know, the abyss by myself. <laughs> so I, yeah, uh, a handful of like crystals in my hand and uh-huh. I felt like I was slipping too far. I just sort of like, I don't know, squeeze them and oh, okay. didn't feel like real in a way. Like I guess it was that idea of like inception where you have like that, uh-huh. that totem that keeps you grounded. <laughs> no wonder I I had this idea that I was going to do that and it was I think it was a suggestion from somebody. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um the crystals just didn't have the same meaning as it did when I was sober and I think that was the strange thing. Ah, yeah. Yeah, that would be that would be really strange to notice. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any other like notable um experiences that you'd like to ch- like touch on? Um, you know, I don't really I don't think so. Um I highly recommend <laughs> painting or like doing something with colorful light shows. That was fun. Um, <laughs> but no, I don't, I, I think we kind of touched base on all of the things that were really impactful and, um, made, made an impression on me at least. I'm sure that I'm forgetting things cause it's been quite a while. Um, but yeah, I think we covered everything. Yeah. And that's okay. I mean, I'm always interested in having repeat guests on, so that is a plan. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you have any questions for me before we wrap up? You know, I don't think so. I think that was a wonderful conversation. I really enjoyed your company and I really loved being able to honestly express, um, you know, some of the experiences I've had because it's something that I keep very personal and I've only told a handful of people. So it's really cool to be able to share that um, with more um, in a comfortable setting where I can just really tell people what happened. So I appreciate all of this. It was fun. Thank you. I, I hold a lot of gratitude in your personability, especially within your own stories. (laughs) So interesting to me to find out how similar and different each of our trips and experiences are with each other. Um, and I every time I hear anybody mention anything about psychedelics, I always like, I don't know, like super focus in. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> what do you think? You know what I mean? I always want to know about like their experiences rather yeah. than just um, how, I don't know. 
just how like taboo it is if that makes right. sense. yeah it's it's hard to find resources on and it's nice to be able to have um you know podcasts like this that can dive into the questions that are always unanswered elsewhere um yeah i think it's awesome that you do this it's great thank you i'm i'm just doing it for my fans you know <laughs> <laughs> we're here for it yeah just me personally <laughs> thank you so much mo i'm so thankful to have you on and i hope you have a wonderful day thank you thank you i am so glad that we did this and i look forward to the future <laughs> sounds good <laughs> thank you again Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a review or a star rating. If you wish to be considered for a future interview on the Ethereal Odyssey podcast, please send me an email at theetherealodyssey at gmail.com. All over case, all one word. Thanks again for tuning in and stay weird.